0: Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour.
1: We all deserve it. This episode contains spoilers from Kingdom of Ash with mentions of Mulan Rouge, The Great, Sex in the City, and The Magicians. There are also discussions surrounding EDs, fat phobia, sexual assault, and death of a parent.
0: And welcome to A Court of Fandoms on Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing the 1998, we'll call this a reimagining of Cinderella. This is Ever After.
1: This, as most people should know, um, is starring Drew Barrymore and Angelica Houston. It's not even. I don't. I feel like they have the same about amount of screen time. No. Yeah, it's pretty equal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Actually, now that you say that, yeah, maybe, maybe she has a little less. But like, she is a star, right? Like, if if we have to pick who the big stars are here, um,
1: like, she's a big one. She, yeah. I mean, I, to me, it's just both of them. They're like the leading. I feel like they were the two main people casted and then everything else kind of fell into place and and even at this time 1998 i mean obviously drew has been a star since she was a child and angelica houston is angelica houston she's a goddess yeah there is not one point in their film careers that i feel like they're not relevant
0: so just tell everybody how many times you've seen this. I've seen this a total of two
1: times. And that was the two times that I watched for this episode. Um, to nobody's surprise, actually to my own surprise. Um, because I was watching it. I had seen all the clips. I, had, I guess I had seen like things here and there. And maybe I created a false memory thinking I've seen it once, but most things I just see once and I, I, I don't have a lot of rewatch movies. Um, and then when I was watching, I go, wait, I actually haven't seen this. I'm going to disappoint Laura once again. Uh, no. No, <laughs> so I, never. So I did the the thing that we did with The Knight's Tale where I watched it first time for the vibe and then I watched it again to like see if like my notations that I was trying to actively not think about the first time I was watching would come back around and they did. And then I had a couple questions too that you were able to address. You and I go. I have a couple of like asinine questions, and you said, "Let me get like <laughs> I didn't even have to tell you." It's like bam, bam. bam. I know the answer.
0: <laughs> I know the answer to the questions. Absolutely. Um. And and le- let's let's address these questions
1: right up front. The questions that Jess asked. Uh, Jess, what did you ask? I didn't understand why. Um, well, it really was like, how is. Danielle. So, Drew Barrymore plays Danielle. Danielle is for this reimagining of Ever After is Cinderella. Um, and she, they say that she's a servant. She's just a peasant. Um, she's the help, but I didn't understand because at the beginning of the movie, she, her, her, she was her father's child. They had all this land. Her father married a baroness. So in my awareness, and I'm not, I'm no historian by any means. I was always under the impression a baroness wouldn't also marry somebody with a title. So I assumed that. Um, Danielle, you know Drew Barrymore's character had a title, and then she was just being treated this way because of the whole stepmother story that we know that comes with Cinderella. That was not the case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's okay. It's wild, right? So this came out in '98. What were you doing in '98? Like, I I, I, don't, I don't even know. But I feel like this is the same situation as Mean Girls. Right. Like it's flipped. I hadn't seen Mean Girls all the way through, but I'd seen all the clay, you know, all the things I've seen it, you know, on TV, but I'd never seen it unedited. This is kind of the same for you. You've seen all the clips, you know, the thing like just breathe all the
1: all the stuff. Right. All this stuff. And we looked back to see like what pop culture things were happening in 98 to just kind of see like where our points of like where were we as individuals at at that point in our lives.
0: That is a whole other episode, what was going on <laughs> in 1998. Uh, but we are talking about this movie, and let's talk about uh, The Brothers Grimm. And I want to start by, um, you know, tipping my hat to Mr. Roger Ebert here. He says, uh, Danielle's attitude towards her dilemma is closer to modern feminism than to the cheerful sexism of The Brothers Grimm. And I find that an interesting way to open because we do open, there's a nice framework here, nice little bookend story of uh, the Brothers Grimm talking to the like, great-great-great-granddaughter of Danielle saying that they got this, the story of Cinderella wrong. And <sighs> this is set in France, but you'd never know it.
1: But I feel like that happens with any type of movie that... You know, just like the accents alone. What accent? Well, that, well that's true. My but God. I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying every time that you have, like, a, I, I say, quote unquote, like, placed in a different time period or location. Everybody always has a British, quote unquote, I'll say accent. Because then, if, like, I was thinking of the great that's on Hulu. We're in Russia. Nobody's talking with that Russian accent. No, no, no. But that's, I, I feel like that's different
0: here. But like Drew, bless Drew. First of all, first of all, let's say Drew looks angelic here. She is glowing. She's just stunning. And the way that the story is, like her face shape and the way that they like kind of frame shots around her is just gorgeous, right? She 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 is just gorgeous here. But um, wh- what what is she trying? She it's not she's not trying to do an English accent because because that's not the... It's like um, she's trying something. Utopia, no. <laughs> but we must work together. The prince he's so irritating. I mean, that's about right. I yeah. mean I mean no hate, no hate accents are hard. I can't do one, obviously, but <laughs> damn I you know, damn when it was just like whatever. I, I do feel like it's a, a little bit like Taika recently where he's just like, Yeah, I looked up Blackbeard, saw what his accent was, tried it, sounded dumb, decided to do my own accent.
1: <laughs> Taika can do no wrong.
0: So we're opening with a Brothers Grimm. We're opening with a Framework story. The portrait, of course, is there. We have a little shot of the glass slipper. The glass slipper, uh, I did my research on this. The glass slipper was designed by uh, Ferragamo. Throwing it out there. Oh! As was the dress,
1: yeah. That's, you know, one of the notes that I had for this, I go, oh, her glass slipper reminds me of Momo New York, the one designer that we really like, and that's probably... aligns with his style but i'm thinking of obviously it's 20 something years later with the intricacies because a lot of the ferragamo stuff is very is not as intricate now
0: now yeah yeah isn't that crazy i was just like oh my goodness that that is very interesting in the original cinderella that slipper is fur right that's a translation thing
1: yeah i saw that I, i watched this on amazon prime where did you watch this
0: Probably also Amazon.
1: That's where I I didn't even know that the original translation had anything to do with fur until I had that little pop-up fun Mm -hmm. fact section that came up with watching this.
0: Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about Cinderella because, like, weird, right? Weird. So quirky.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just like one of those things. But honestly, like, if it makes sense when you don't have heaters back then, having having fur shoes is very, like, you know, we have it with Uggs. Yeah, palaces were drafty. I get it. Like,
0: <laughs> I totally get it. Uh, we have Danielle here uh, being dressed up, right? Because her dad's coming home with a new wife and a new sisters, and she's so excited. This, this, this part like breaks my heart. Obviously, I should put it out there. I've seen this a fuck ton of times. Just like a million, a million times. I have it on VHS. Okay, I'm throwing it out there. I have it on VHS at my mom's house. This is a fact. This is a fact. Um, this breaks my heart. She's so excited for this new family, right? And it is so heartbreaking knowing what happens, but watching it happen too. It, it, it uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, it's this whole thing.
1: I mean, and she even says like, "Oh, it's like it's like Christmas," yeah. and I feel like so many kids love that love christmas it's this whole day that you get like a bunch of excited like it's the excitement you get to be with family you get to be with loved ones there's like for you know some places like for some people in some cultures like gifts are involved so like so whatever however you celebrate that specific holiday knowing the connotation that goes there of like that level of excitement you just and you're already going into this watching it knowing the story of cinderella that that's not going to be the case like right up front you know you're like oh oh this poor girl she doesn't even know
0: yeah she doesn't even know she does not know that her dad is gonna fall down dead in front of her every good story starts with a parent death i don't know why that has to be but we're all superheroes okay anyway she we get we get the signs right he's his, his arm is still. Has a heart attack. Yeah. yeah. He's like touching, you know, he's grabbing all the left arm kind of stuff, falls down dead. Angelica here, Miss Angelica. Um, do, no, Auguste, do not leave me here. Auguste, do not leave me here. Really sets the tone for, for how it goes because she doesn't want to be there and just make sure everybody knows it. And now she's
1: stuck. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, you. And because even, Even when like his last words to his daughter are "I love you," you. he's not looking at her. She's right there. She's right. He's not looking at. uh, You know, Rudmilla is her name. Angelica Houston's character. Um, He's looking at Danielle the entire time.
0: Yeah, and and she kind of blames her uh, for this for forever. Obviously, Uh, you know, issues, issues. But it, it, I don't know. There, that that whole dynamic is is really wild. Um damn. But another dynamic that I really enjoy, I enjoy the dysfunction between Henry, Francis, and the Queen. I think the three of them are very funny together. <laughs> it's just funny. They're just funny.
1: So Henry is the prince, just yeah, so right, you have yeah, to watch that. Yeah, like
0: like Prince Henry. They're just so funny together. Um, the king says one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is just hysterical. Um, but we get here that uh, Danielle is 18. That is like a set. She's like a set eight here. She's 18. She sleeps by the fire. You know, Cinderella, Cinderella, Cinderella. Um, Do we love their meat cute?
1: I love their... Like, who doesn't love an... Like, it's enemies to lovers right away. But it's not even that because, you know, and you find out later in the film where she's just... I feel like she's just, like... T- stumbling with her words with her stepmother because she's like, oh, I didn't realize who he was. That wasn't the case. He had a hood on. The second that hood came off, she realized exactly who she yeah. was, who he was. She's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I, but ha- of course there's not a doubt But, of course, she's chucking apples at him that she has a good aim. She's been kicking ass and taking names since she was eight years old, younger, because you find out later in the film that, like, her father was a very talented swordsman. He's been training her her whole life, which means she has constantly been training since she basically could walk and hold her sword because she's still so well adept at eight years old when he passes. Um, She's kicking Gustav's ass, who is her best friend, who is kind of like has kind of an apprentice. To ship with Da Vinci. Like, there's a lot of tropes here, actually.
0: Um, cause it's like enemies to lovers at first, it's like mistaken identity. Um, it's it's uh
1: there's a my wife trope you know i love that uh, yeah yeah he there's was like the my i wife. don't think you've you've met like and there's an ellipsis when you yeah. have the captions on he goes my wife. my wife yes he's just like i love that part. i love that stupid trope
0: there's a there's a miscommunication because she mm-hmm. tries to tell him and can't you know there's miscommunication and there's betrayal there's a big betrayal public betrayal uh, you know, oh, there's the,
1: the center of attention ballroom scene yeah. where the, it's it, there's a the spotlight. I, I, the yeah. Spotlight, yeah. And she's like, breathe, just breathe. And mm-hmm. all eyes are on her. There's the arranged marriage. Yeah. yeah, ma- Arranged marriage. <laughs> trope. Uh there's so many. There, and there's
0: the I have power and I don't want it trope because oh, he doesn't want him. to be king. You
1: there's know? the one. There's the one horse trope. One where horse she's, trope. Like, it was really fun because it reminded me of when he was dropping her off it was like drop me off at the corner i don't need everybody to see. yeah 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 it just, just let me out me. here just let me like, out here. here's fine here's fine
0: um let's talk about the stepsisters because the stepsisters are i mean they are characters right yeah. um marguerite and jacqueline marguerite whoa i'm gonna say sh- turbo bitch whoa damn yeah. jacqueline you do feel like sympathy for um as the movie goes
1: yeah i feel like re-watching it the second time because the first time i was just annoyed i was like "Ugh, you're so like even though you're not like the mean quote-unquote mean ses- stepsister you're also not a good one um but given the circumstances you take a step back and you're like Angelica Houston is not a good, good parent, yeah. clearly like a narcissistic parent. It's almost because even there's a point in the scene, um, Jacqueline, when, um, she, when Danielle is hurt, she got whipped for disobeying and she's like helping put Salve on and taking care of her. She she makes the comment of, well, you kind of did this to yourself. And it's, and, and she's trying to look, it almost seems like a survival technique I would say that Jacqueline's using under this parenting, you know, it's like, how do I have my own opinions, but also in survival mode of trying to appease this like awful parent. Who's just treating me like shit all the time. Like from start to go, you hear it from like, she doesn't, her mom doesn't want her to be the one flirting or talking with the prince. She doesn't, you know, um, even when she tries to speak up to say like, that's not what you were saying. Like, this is Danielle's stuff. And then they try to even pivot the saying, like, oh, well, she stormed out because she doesn't want you to wear it. When really, no, she doesn't believe anything that you're saying, but she doesn't – she doesn't have a safe space to say it.
0: And not only does she not have a safe space to say it, I have to feel like uh, Jacqueline has been, like, bullied by her mom and then bullied by Marguerite her whole life. Like, so so from, like, both sides, right? Like, bullied by the mom, you go to your sister for comfort, bullied by the sister – the like, there's no man in their life, right? Um, we have to assume that the baroness, her first husband, is out of the picture, so she was broke, and that's why she married down and uh, married Danielle's dad, who also Auguste, who also like broke and died, and now they and are she used
1: all the money that he would have inherited, too. She used all the money, all they had, really was like the the tangible items because they even talk about danielle's dowry which is just what's in the chest right which is her mother's stuff her Her mother's mother's stuff
0: yes and maurice uh one of the um servants was sold to pay off the debts and we learn that um what is her name rodella rodmilla rodmilla she sold off uh, candlesticks and tapestries and, and and all all sorts of shit to pay off her debts, and she sold him to Le Pieu, uh, Le Pew. Monsieur uh, Monsieur Le Pieu, um, in like this this like big scheme. This big fucking scheme is like really absolutely wild. Um, there is a pretty girl trope here, uh, which I think is really fun. There's a nice reveal of when. Um, Danielle has to go get Maurice. I say has chooses Uh-oh. to go get Maurice, right? And she's with Gustav, and you know she's like, you know, I have to put on this dress, and everybody's gonna know. And and he's like, no one's gonna be looking at your feet. Let me do your hair. And there's like a reveal, right? And she looks like so gorgeous as she's like walking and everything.
1: Really love that. It feels like it's like it's a mini like a novella bookend situation because at the beginning of the movie you have Gustav saying like, what are you doing? You look like a girl and she's just like, I am a girl girl. and he goes, but she goes, I could still kick your ass. Like, bring it. And she does. And her mm-hmm. dad's just like, I love, I also love that her dad, like, you could tell that he didn't raise, he raised a girl who could, um who could carry her own. And it wasn't, you know, oh, she has to be a certain way. Like the stepsisters were when they came out of the carriage and they were like saying mademoiselle and like curtsying and bowing. And that, that's just not Danielle's thing. That's not her shtick. She wants to t- kick ass, take names and prove everybody wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, for real, for real, and she does, and she absolutely does, and she does it in good clothes. And I love that pearl like hairnet that she's mm-hmm. wearing, gorgeous. I love this banter that she has with Prince Henry too. She's like quoting Sir Thomas More. She's like real into it, and he's like, you know, Utopia. It's just like dull. I found it with the servants, like all all, all this crazy stuff. I really really like it. But did you did you notice that he was like? Um, What is your name? What is your name? And finally, he's like, any name. And when he says, give me any name, she goes, the only name I'll give you is. And she gives her mom's name. name. Yeah, Yeah, which is just like, I mean, it reminded me of like a Jude situation. That is what Jude would do. She'd be like, oh, okay. Okay, you said any name. Okay, then I will give you any name. Because that that's that's bad bitch that's bad bitch energy I love it. Um, The king says my favorite line here when he's talking to Prince Henry about like arranged marriages and like privilege and like all this stuff. He goes, "Then I will simply deny you the throne and I will live (laughs) forever." And then then his face afterwards, he's like, "Yeah, that I'll do that." It's so fucking funny. I love it so much, and it's just
1: I heard (laughs) that I was like, "Oh, Laura would live for this." You're oh, like, oh, you don't want the throne? Fine by me. I'll t- you, would, you would be the king. I'll live forever. I'll yeah. have the- okay. <laughs> and Henry's like, bye. It's so funny. The queen is like, sit
0: down, the two of you. Jesus Christ. Like, good God. <laughs> it, it's just so good. It's so good. I just love the delivery of that line. He's like, Duh, he's so flustered. I, I just get it. But then it's like, you know, five days, there's going to be a ball. There's a whole
1: thing. It's like, all right, we got a timeline. Five days. Five days. I like it. And he does say, eventually, he's like, look, I calm down. I'm not as emotional, but here are your contingencies. I will be open to the conversation of you choosing who you want to marry. But if you don't have that, you know, I'm giving you this choice. However, if you don't give me anybody, we do have to go and, you know, set up this arranged marriage for you, politics, blah, blah, blah. And that eventually happens uh, what a journey. What a journey. Uh, how do you feel about the fat shaming here? I fucking hated it. I fucking hated it time and time again between the... And I mean, and she's not fat. No. And I didn't do the thorough enough research about this specific point in time for this movie. Where you know you there are points of time in history where being... I don't want to say overweight when you are not, you know, you have curves and are thick. It meant that you had wealth because you are able to indulge on food and luxuries. That's one point in time. Um, but I also like know that this was the 90s. So I didn't know if that's why we were leaning that way. But also so, between the commentary of, you know, Marguerite or I'm sorry, Jacqueline would be putting on a dress and she's like, it's actually a little bit tight. If you cannot breathe, you cannot eat. That was the first line where I go, oh, my gosh. And then every time I was talking about a party, um, she's like, well, you're just going for the food anyway. And I was as somebody who went to work three times this week because my meal was paid for for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you could get me anywhere. Me so I, it was very, that was very personal to me.
0: It's like, yeah, attack. Get me to leave the house. I mean, gosh, there's nothing wrong with going for free food. You bring us to the scene, though, where um, Marguerite and Jacqueline and the Baroness, Miss Angelica, are opening the the box that has Danielle's dowry in it. And she goes like, waste not, want not because they want, because they're trying to find a dress to wear that isn't blue because Henry's favorite color is blue. So she, that all gonna, the, yeah, yeah, like fair, like totally, woo, totally, yeah, fair, yeah. totally fair, totally um, fair. But the look on Drew's face when they say like, Oh, you can, you can come. We're just airing out your dress. You can come. We want you to come. Um, is just, Heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking to me because that's all she like really wants is to be in the family. Because she says that like later at the very end, it's like, didn't you love me at all? But it's like,
1: oh my God. And she's so hopeful. It was, yeah, it wasn't about going to the party. It was about being included. And you can tell that that's like clearly one of the many traumas that she has been dealing with growing up in that household. I can't say in that family because that's not what it is, but no. in that household.
0: Yeah, in that household. Uh, who isn't in that household, though, is Da Vinci, and I love this lake scene. This whole lake scene. I want a pair oh. of water <laughs> shoes. <laughs> like, right? I was like, oh my god, do those work? Like, please, somebody has to, like, I don't know, I 98, I wonder if they myth-busted this. Uh, but... Uh, the shot of Drew in the water like this, I believe that was used a lot in the trailer. I remember yes. seeing it, like, over and over and over again. I just remember thinking, like, she looks gorgeous with her
1: hair, right? Like, oh, so nice. Isn't that... Okay, so timeline-wise, I think I was confused. I go, how is this girl swimming in a lake? She has a party to get to tonight. <laughs> but I guess, you know, go talk, I was like, wait, second time around, no, there's no party yet she's with the pig she's looking for truffles did you see that capitalized exclamation point truffle pigs I love I love a truffle situation we love the truffle and it was like a nice pig because like sometimes pigs can be super aggressive like so to know it was like a nice pig and they were just casually getting truffles knowing how much a truffle is worth (laughs) she's just casually holding these yeah she's like
0: oh my apron oh it's fine it's fine it's fine Uh, my note my next note here is old timey tennis is weird that is my note because old timey tennis is, is is freaking weird it's like racquetball right like
1: and you know cuz i was thinking rubber wasn't invented so it was just like plopped there was no bounce factor
0: and it was just a boom boom boom
1: yeah yeah kind of kind
0: of wild kind of wild uh yeah the whole the whole tennis thing the whole tennis thing was pretty crazy but then we get the market scene with uh, our introduction to Le Pew, and he's like i'm very well endowed Dot dot dot.
1: My lands. It's like ew. Everything about him gave me such the Duke vibes yeah. from Mulan Rouge. He was cr- like every. We were just like cringe. I was uncomfortable, and I'm not even in the movie. Like this isn't a real. Well, I can't say it's not a real scenario or situation. It is very real scenario yeah, and situation totally. in life every day. Um, it's just you're irked seeing it on screen. You're like, Everything ew. he's saying, his appearance, like the, the euphemisms, you just know. You just know he's waiting to assault her.
0: Yeah, very gross. Also very gross is the subtle fat shaming that happened when Henry is feeding Marguerite chocolate. Did you catch that? Yeah, and mom, her
1: mom just her like, mom, yeah. don't even like pulled her back and think, Don't even think about it.
0: Yeah. Just like screw Oh God. Um Okay, now I wanna talk about the most vulnerable scene between the Baroness and and, and Drew. Okay. This scene Really gets me. It gets me. It gets me. It gets me because Angelica is a fantastic actress, right? She has tears shining there. Uh, she she's really feeling it when she's like, you know, um, sometimes I can see her, your father, in your eye, like looking out through your eyes. The Baroness is talking about the potential engagement of Marguerite to Prince Henry. That is what everybody is working for. And no one knows, besides the other servants and Gustav, that Danielle is like a thing with the prince. Because they have kind of a thing, right?
1: Right? Yes, I have a comment about that after you finish.
0: Okay, Um, so that is the background here. So when Danielle is like brushing, brushing her hair, and then her mom is like... Or Angelica is like, can you imagine like Paris in the winter? Like, no, of course you can't. Like, and then she's like, come here. Uh, you know, sometimes I see your dad looking out from your eyes. Sometimes, uh, you know, kind of wonder what it would be like. And then she's like, you know, but she gets a hold of herself. She's like, but you have such masculine features. You're built for hard labor. This is what you were meant for. It's just like, Whoa, whoa. But like the whole time she's saying that she's got tears in her, like, like shining tears. So it's just like, why? And, and it goes back to what I said in the very beginning, like that she kind of blames Danielle for 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 this because of the like you know, I love you, Danielle. And she was like right there, um, because in this situation, it is so, so clear that all Danielle wants is like a hug or like some sort of like some sort of something and, she, and 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 the baroness is feeling the emotions like like we can see it see them on her face but she still is just going to cut her the fuck down and it's like damn that is that is some deeply toxic bullshit that is so hard to like break from because she does desperately want that approval
1: yeah and and it, and it is so close. She gets so close. You can tell she thinks that this is going to be the moment that's going to bridge them after yeah. 10 years. Like,
0: they're holding hands, they're, like, eye to eye, like, looking at each other, like, they're they're both emotional. And Angelica's, like, glossy eyes. Yeah, and then it's just, like, bam! Just, like, a straight, like, wall comes down, and you're just, like, buck. Buck. Well, th- th- I know for me, that would have, like, shattered me because because like like, oh my gosh drew what what an actress what an actress miss drew um a question that that i had that was answered for me was um how is how is the prince like showing up at their house all the time and how are they like going to the palace all the time but it is answered right after that when um they are in the fields Because Gustav is painting the freaking palace and they're just like in the fields underneath it. I'm just like, oh,
1: I didn't even pick up on that. I knew that he was painting when she at the kite scene. Yeah, that's what he's Okay, Well, I don't feel stupid because I've only watched this twice. Yeah, no, no. So I'm like, wait, what? I knew he was painting. I knew he was kind of like under a different type of tutelage ish. I think that it was just like a fondness really towards Da Vinci. Um, but we knew he was a painter. He was practicing his craft. Like he was always looking out the window, like during the, you know, pretty girl mm-hmm. change scene. That does make sense. But I also yeah. feel like it's a small kingdom. If they're always like, they, they could, can... the property has to be small too, because in that scene, when Gustav is like, Oh, I think she's at the house by herself. And he's on horseback. That girl ran. She ran. She, she ran but my note is
0: that she's always running. It's like she's a companion. How
1: did she got there on her own two legs? ass. She's before ass. him, who is on a fucking horse that's galloping. And she got and changed, she changed and dressed. Yeah. <laughs> like Colin ass.
0: Damn. Damn. But it pays off, right? It pays yeah, off because
1: she gets her little, her, she gets her night out on the town slash woods with the prince. Their carriage breaks down. They have to go hiking. She scales a mountain wall for whatever reason. I can't remember why they scale. She, they needed directions. Oh, she needed like wait, we were lost. Okay, yeah. So she was like, at she needed a vantage point. Then they meet up with the gypsies that had attacked him earlier.
0: Their word, not ours. We're using yes. the, their yes. language in the movie. This is what they refer to themselves as
1: in the movie. Thank you. And he gets punched by them. Yeah, he does. And Drew holds her own, too, for the most part, until she has a knife to her neck. Then they make agreements, and then we have the line. That, she goes, "You know, you took all this stuff away from me. At least, like, I need something to go back home." And and they said, "You know, you can take whatever you can carry." She goes, "Anything I could carry, anything you can carry." You know, who who doesn't love doubting women, right? And she goes, "Bet, wait, can I pause? Can
0: yeah. I? I will pause and tell you that that moment reenacts a medieval legend recounting the time German King Conrad the Placed at the castle of Weinsberg under siege, and women inside negotiated their release. The king promised that they could take whatever they could carry, so they carried out their husbands, much to their amusement. Like the king, the bandit leader proves to be true to his word, and even offers Danielle and Henry a horse.
1: And we'll also like put links in our oh, show yes. as All usual where we've like found some of this. Information. All the links, yeah. So I just love that little nod, like additional nod to feminism and empowering women in this retelling that it's not just strictly cinderella-esque it's just kind of pulling from little things in history or like you know pulling you know like who knows if da vinci had those water shoes i actually i didn't look it up but now i want to
0: yeah no it's, it's super fun and then um you know, they kiss, and he's like, meet me at the ruins tomorrow. I'll wait all day. It's like, of course, like, you're a prince. You have nothing else to what do. What else are you doing? You you're already else, complained
1: yeah. that, like, she's – she, what a perfect example. He's literally not doing anything. Yeah, Drew comes into the place and tells him that he should be doing this stuff. You should be – if you're sending people to the Americas, you should be compensating them, or you should be releasing them so they can be, like, you know – um you know people of your land and I I just she's the one who's get, all these political decisions that he's making is because she she gave it to him you should be doing this. you should be doing X Y and Z and he does X Y and Z and that comes up at dinner because she doesn't she's obviously not in the social circles the way her stepmom and stepsisters are so when they're talking about it at at breakfast one morning, she goes, he did not. Like, she... Oh, sorry. I realized I'm out of place. But she couldn't believe that he took what she said uh, to heart. And, like, acted upon it, too. Yes. that that is, that is key. And that is something
0: that a lot of people really praise this movie for. Like, because Prince Charming does not have a personality. Like, in Cinderella, right? He's very bland. He's very whatever. But, like, Henry gets told off a lot, right? He's got the banter with Danielle. He's got he's got like pushback from his parents, like there's there's stuff going on. And he takes the criticism from Danielle and then throughout the movie we see him like like think about it, implement it, and then eventually like get his own ideas, right? And that ends with the university. Like like that, you know. But the praise comes from Prince Charming is independently, like, doing the work on his own. Um, like, he's he's been inspired, obviously, and that's, like, a trope in and of itself. But, like, the stuff that he does, she doesn't even know about and is told, um, like, separately in, in that perfect example that you bring up. So that is one of the reasons it's, like, they're, they're on, like, separate paths that, like, touch, you know? And each time they touch, he goes off and, um, like, implements the ideas.
1: That being said, he's still kind of a fuckboy boy in the beginning. Oh, like totally. It, like he comes up to the house, he's like, "Oh, you've grown." And at first, I thought he was just being okay. I'm, I'm a prince. I'm being pleasant. But that clearly wasn't the case when he was looking at Marguerite and like her cleavage and where the like where she has the brooch. Because with Jacqueline, she was doing the same thing with the feather and got no attention. Then when they were playing, like. Tennis. She's the only one who. She's the only person who's not behind the, yep. the tennis net. Um, gives him the tennis ball, and they're like, she's complimenting him, like, oh, the tennis looks well on you. She's like, you could look at me all you want, and he's all flustered, and then he's feeding her chocolate after, mm-hmm. and then it almost seems that, you know, Danielle and the pseudonym she he knows her as is Nicole. Um, she's not even a thought on his mind when Marguerite is around and then when they're walking through the market and he thinks, well, he does, he doesn't think he does see Danielle and she dipped, um, all of a sudden, she's at the forefront of his mind again. So I just—boys are stupid. Boys are stupid. Boys are stupid. <laughs> boys are, boys are stupid. She fought. She threw the apple at him. She met him at the lake. They've met already. Time and time. She, they, she saved. She saved Maurice, and he still hasn't connected. The
0: boys are dumb. Boys are dumb. <laughs> women though, women though, are not dumb. So let's talk about, let's talk about oh. another punch that Danielle throws straight into Marguerite's face uh, when she walks in and sees them wearing the dress.
1: Oh, yeah. I would have done the same fucking thing, especially when Marguerite, when she's like, that's my mother's, like, what are you, t- that, that's mine. That has no significance to you. And she goes, well, your mother's dead. Yeah. Drone hands. Drone hands. Like, and we're done. Camera work-wise, that was all in one shot. Mm-hmm. I was, like, focused on that the second time around. And then you had to pick the shoes or the book. And then she still threw the book in the fire. She Still threw
0: the book. See, I see, because that would have. There is nothing in the world that would have held me back after she threw the book in anyway. Right. Yeah, I, like, the, the, I do I, mm, mm, I'm a violent person. That that would have. Mm, <laughs> my God, oh, that whole that whole thing. That whole thing is just. And then they get. And then she gets whipped and they're like you know your display because she wouldn't make breakfast in the morning because she was tired she was all, all out all night with the gypsies there were and Henry like uh, she's like boil water and that whole that whole exchange she's like Jacqueline you know go go boil some water and Jacqueline's like I fucking knew it I knew I would be next it's just like oh my god
1: Ugh. the whole time it was just like you can do it yourself
0: it's not that fucking yeah hard. it's not that fucking hard uh, something that is very hard god damn it is a b marguerite's temper tantrum <laughs> with the queen is so funny to me but i okay when we are recording this it is a sunday I got stung by a bee on Tuesday. It was so painful, and my foot swelled up so bad. It is just now
1: normal. So this is how Laura finds out found out that she has an, like an allergic yeah. reaction to bees. S- so sensitivity, sensitivity to bees. I hurt like shit,
0: but. Uh, Marguerite like freaking out and then coming back to the table and being like, "I saw a bee." Is something that I would absolutely do because I am hyper aware of them now. I'm just like, "Oh my god!" So I would be screaming. Uh, but that that whole thing is really funny, and I do like how they show throughout the film that Marguerite is just like nuts, right? Like she she screams and and she, she and um. The Baroness does comment on it. She's like, you know, what does a lady say about voice and tone? She's like, you know, I I was resonant. A courtier knows the difference. It's like, oh, my God. No, you're just, like, screaming. Um, Tell me about this ruins scene. Because, like, men don't shut up, right?
1: Read the room. That's my note. And I was like, You've, you know, you want to get pissed at her at the party. She has tried to tell him time and time again. And he wouldn't, like, let her fucking talk. It felt like he was mansplaining to him. And then he wants to get pissed at her mm-hmm. that she didn't... T- well, she tried to tell him. You yeah. wouldn't shut up. And and it wasn't just like a one, you know, oh, I tried one... You know, in Sex and the City, the movie, where Carrie's like, well, when did you try to tell me? And she's like, I tried to, and to to uh miranda and miranda's like i tried to tell you once and carrie gets mad at her he goes you should have tried to tell me all the time like not just once and done and that's what that's what danielle was doing she was trying to tell him he wouldn't shut up before first thing when she saw him she's like if i like in one of those if i don't get this out it's not gonna come out and he wouldn't be quiet. Like, why Why wasn't he shutting up? He just wanted to hear his own voice? I don't know. I, I understand the whole movie. I understand this whole thing. But it was the first time, and, you know, I just, I, I agree with the whole, like, the princess saves herself thing. Because, my God, I was not, he is not a good book boyfriend, movie boyfriend, movie any, like, I kind of hope he died and then she stayed queen.
0: Yeah, Jess, you and I were talking about this earlier. Um, big ick for me is is uh the this this henry here uh too old in my personal opinion um for drew that's my personal opinion uh he he just looks like busted next to her like angelic gorgeousness i i just don't know what it is i i was i was never a fan i was never a fan um still not still not but you know if we have to pick a prince charming uh representation i guess he's the best one because he talks he talks, because um, and he won't, and he won't <laughs> shut up. He won't, sh- you know. We can't have everything. Um, but he Look, does. The thing, uh, like the
1: focus, isn't about him in this movie. Yeah, it's
0: about her. Yeah, so. he, yeah, he's he is not the focus at all. My note here is he won't listen. Hugs her, and she pushes away. She's like, ow, oh, and that was so heartbreaking. Like, oh my god, oh my god. Um, but I really love uh, in the next like part when. Drew Barrymore just screams, screams at Marguerite that she's a spoiled, selfish cow. I love it. I love it so much. It's just like, yes. Oh my god. You tell her. You tell her. That's
1: just... This ugh. is like years of yes. just... anything And it's almost like she's, she's almost getting to that point of realizing this idea in her head of trying, 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 trying isn't isn't going to happen. No matter how much she tries, nothing's going to come out of it because they will never see her the way she has hoped to see see them.
0: Yeah. And then they lock her in the freaking cellar. They lock her in the cellar and they go to the ball. And here's another fat shaming thing. We have uh, Jacqueline as the horse. Yeah. And Marguerite is the peacock. And what, what is, what is she? She has
1: horns. Do you know what she is? I thought it was like a, I don't, Think, maybe like Was an it anything? Antelope just, or something? Like, I, I, I just thought it was maybe... Yeah, I didn't think it was really anything. It just gave me Maleficent vibes.
0: Yeah, Maleficent vibes. That's that's what I thought as well. Um, and she's like, you know, you're only going for the
1: food. That That's the other... You know, that's the big... Yes, Again, and you're only same. going for the food. Would have done it too. Don't even want the prince. Not even that cute. I have to say,
0: that horse mask is gorgeous yeah, really it was funny. like black and like mesh and like see through with the detailing on it like that was a really pretty like horse like
1: whatever but then she finds the the prince's friend is also dressed like a horse and they're yeah. flirting with and horse the like, horse sounds it's so
0: cute I said my note both horses at the buffet they're adorable um, I really like the father and son kind of communication that we have before the ball I thought it was
1: like, interesting, and it, it, like, didn't need to be... Like, it didn't need to you be just there. See, and, and in general, you don't see yeah. that portrayed, especially in um, fairy tales so often.
0: Yeah, it was just really nice. And he was like, you know, we don't have to do this. Um, you know, it's it doesn't have to be, like, a good idea. The, this whole thing, it was just it was just really good. Uh, I also like how Da Vinci breaks out. Uh, Daniele just takes the door off the
1: hinges, like, thinking out of the box. But part of it, I think, is just because... And I can't remember if we said it in this episode, I know we were talking about it beforehand, Um, is that we know, I think people forget that Da Vinci is also an inventor. He was just always exploring and we know him as an artist. So like he's understanding these mechanics and quote unquote thinking outside of the box because you know that that was something like, how does this door stay together? How does this hinge work? Oh, this is held together. You know, there was just like a methodical amount of steps that have gone through his head to, I mean, he created wings you know (laughs) like in kites and all this fun stuff so um i I enjoyed that part i enjoyed that he was the one calling the prince out you know because and that the prince considered him a friend as well um to you know it's like you fucked up you did this to yourself and don't sit and act like you're this martyr because she tried to tell you and you didn't fucking let her da vinci
0: The wings that he builds her are similar to his flying invention wings. Did you Mm -hmm. notice it's like the same kind of shape? I love this. Um, And the way that she is lit. um, Can we just talk about the glitter? Uh, The glitter.
1: I was like, okay, okay. (laughs) You're sold. I was half expecting you to be coming onto this episode with glitter to be in the
0: vibes. Oh my gosh. It's just amazing. It's like breathe, just breathe. And she's got the jewels and the wings and the glitter. It's just amazing. I... Hate this ball. Is that, is that a hot take? I hate this ball. It is ugly. For, it's The aerial is ugly. It is not, like, pretty to the eye. And it's very short because nothing freaking happens. Because she shows up and Angelica
1: tears her down immediately. I mean, that's the one time where Marguerite was even confused. She's like, where are we going? She didn't even think, like, tearing her, her stepsister down wasn't even, she wasn't even aligned with um, you know how sometimes when we talk about um, Electric Idol and how Psyche is in line with Demeter and her mm-hmm. thoughts, she's like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I know there's something there and we're kind of on the same wavelength. I feel like that's typically how it is with Marguerite and um Ram Dilla in this, but the, in this movie, however, at the ball, that that's not what happened. uh. I would have
0: been screaming like Danielle has a lot more composure here. I know she's like shocked to her core and like embarrassed and like in front of everybody. But I would have been like, no, fuck you. Like, I I, I would have lost my absolute shit. Like no turning around. Like, like you took me down. I'm taking all like we're all going now. Like, like,
1: let, let's go. Which is why I love that as like everybody was kind of pulling the pieces together at the end of the movie where um, the king and queen invite romdella and marguerite and jacqueline like calling her out you knew this you had us chasing our tail you knew who she was you lied to the queen you can be sentenced to death you know and i love i love like who she did and then the other problem that i had with the, the back and forth of it she's like oh i only would do anything um I only did what a mother would do for her daughters as somebody who has had a, a step parent in the past to not be considered a, a daughter. Like so that would have been my fireback. So you don't consider this person that your husband it was his, your husband's you're, you know, you're a widow, you're a widow, your husband, died, you don't consider her your daughter. Red flag number one. Now I don't even want you in my fucking family. You know, like I would have like that. That's already a red flag to me, but then I love in, in such a composed way where again, like you said, Danielle has is classier than I could ever be. Um, Where she goes, I only wish her the same kindness she's bestowed upon me. We all know what that meant. Yeah, that's a fucking death sentence. Yeah, but I would say I wouldn't want to give her death because that would be too easy on her.
0: Yeah, work. Fucking work for it. I love it. She's like, I will speak for her in her accent. I will speak for her. Oh, like that. I love
1: that, that moment, though. The yes, moment they were all like, uh, fuck. I I do love that they like rushed the wedding. They're like we're we're yep. not waiting, we're doing My this. wife is she considered a princess then or is she like is it very much like the magicians where you have high king, like king high king, queen high queen cuz that was kind of like the layout I was getting at the by this point in the movie.
0: Well, that's a really really fantastic point that you make because I have a note on that cuz I had a question about it as well. Um <laughs> because when when the Baroness is tearing off the wing and Marguerite is like, mother, what are you doing? She goes, I'm making you a princess. She oh, okay. doesn't say I'm making you a queen. And I was okay. just like, Oh, okay. Okay. So that's the answer to that. I also had it. A-
1: so I guess it was going to be like one of those formal assuming like the transition. Yeah. And okay.
0: And then it has to be like a whole thing.
1: Transitions, coronation. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what's the word?
0: Well, what's Yeah. Um, Danielle saves herself here. We have to, we have to point this out. Um, and uh, the Baroness sells her to pay the debts because she assumes that Marguerite is going to be queen now. And um, she sells her to Le Pew. Le Pew. gives back everything that the Baroness had sold to him. So it's a fair exchange.
1: Right. Well, to Angelica Houston even says like this stuff is worth more than yeah her yeah really throws her under the fucking bus yeah just after they've already gone through the whole like you know everything happens Danielle's like weeding away in the yard Angelica's like just kind of um what's the word that I'm looking for. Berating rating her. And yes. He was like what you want? Like, what the fuck do you want? Like, it's Get out over. of my way. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, and then when she goes, did you, did you ever love me? Like, was any of this real, you know, you could tell in that moment, she was still trying to be like hopeful that there was some sort of like emotional attachment there to this only mother figure that she's had her life. Um, because her mother, you know, died, died. during childbirth, I assume. Um, and, she goes, "Can you ever love a pebble in your shoe?" Like, fuck, man. Brutal.
0: Brutal. Oh, get me out of
1: here. Like, and then and that's how how it ends basically, Till she finds out till till for things. Yeah.
0: To the end. Like it's crazy.
1: Give um, me back my things and you can have you can have because you know women are property then.
0: Yeah. Absolutely absolutely wild. I love that Danielle frees herself. Drew Barrymore loves that Danielle freed herself. As of 2006, Drew Barrymore said that this was her favorite role. So there's that. Um, You know, I and then Henry uh, comes to save her as she's walking out. You know, fuck you. I don't need you. And he says, like, I beg your forgiveness. I betrayed you. I broke your trust. I kneel before you. Yep. You know, all it's like, yes, yes, get down, get down, kneel, stay in the yes, mud. Yes, I
1: love, like, a kneeling, mm-hmm. a, yes, you will be on your knees for me. Yep. You will beg for my forgiveness. It's the same thing with um Kingdom of Ash, spoiler, ADN with Lysandra, but you know how I feel about, you know, I have a very hot take on their relationship. Like, I just don't, I, I just, I won't go down that po- that path but I just I do agree that men should grovel Mm -hmm. more often than not way Um, more often (laughs) but I love that he was even like when she's like walking out and also like great swordsmanship from her and the fact that he just gave the key over I was still expecting him to be like gotcha like I was expecting him to be lying in that moment I wasn't expecting the handoff to the key that easily for him to say like the key to your freedom or something um but then when when Prince Henry comes he goes I, I'm here to save you. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> but clearly, that's not needed. <laughs> yeah, so, not needed. I love the confusion. Again, boys are dumb. Boys are dumb. Boys are dumb. It's just,
0: and then the, the end, the end is so good. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that the necklace that Danielle is wearing is the same one that Marguerite returned to the queen that was stolen from Uh, the Baroness's spy. I believe that is a connection. I believe. Someone tell me. Someone tell me. And then, of course, the end is the Brothers Grimm like walking out of the castle and being like the... And then the voiceover, um, of course, is the point, gentlemen, is that they lived, which I thought was very nice because it is, of course, um, ever after there's some like timing things of course like we're not looking for historical accuracy here but there there are some timing things here The queen makes a joke about divorce and says that divorce is only something that they do in England. However, uh, this movie is set in like 1512 and Henry VIII did not ask for a divorce until 1527. So the timing doesn't align.
1: Oh. That's fine. Because that's when divorce started. Right. He was like, I just want to keep getting my dick wet.
0: Yeah. So like... That that's fine. Um, the lead, what Duggery was almost Jude Law, which I thought was really funny. Huh. Um, the chemicals that are used in the washing um, made people go blind and like die. Oh. So it was um, like a death sentence being sent there. The I have all these facts. The main locale used in the movie was the Chateau de Hoffa, the beautiful castle in the. Dordogne, Dordogne, Um my German, is, yeah, oh. my German and French is yeah. My German and like bad. Uh, so it was region. filmed on
1: location. Yeah,
0: a lot of it was filmed on location. Okay. And then this is I'm going I'm going to just I'm just gonna read this very quickly. This is from the herculture.org. And um it the title is I'm a feminist and I think ever after is the best feminist fairy tale. So, okay. Here we go. In this case, reading was Danielle's act of rebellion. It constantly fueled her many ways of thinking. The lack of rebelling among the rest of the princesses, this is just like re- regular Disney princesses, has created a trend depicting women as submissive, ignorant, and helpless creatures. Every time we watch Snow, Snow White... Ignorantly eat that poison apple, or Princess Aurora pick her finger on the spindle of a spinning wheel. We are allowing the world to see women as creatures of weakness. Okay. So I believe Ever After's perfect balance of orthodox patriarchal reforms and the feministic outbursts, that's very difficult to read, is how this movie managed to instill within me, this is the author, not me, a notion to look at the world I live in and question it. Most people today forget to question the happenings around them. Both men and women alike have taken to the phrase, go with the flow, quite literally. Some women still believe that to not change is the way to go. But I, the author, truly can't imagine a world where I did not have the common opportunity as any male to go to school or even read a book. The world has to understand that women can be both princesses and warriors. We are not feeble. We are not weak we are most definitely not helpless we can all be danielle
1: i agree with everything except for the fact that uh aurora was under a spell this is true this is true that's why that's this is true. my feedback as somebody like yes but hear me out she literally couldn't stop herself this is true. You can take this up with the author. Um, but I thought that was
0: such a nice, like, little yeah. article, right? Like, hooray.
1: But that line is, like, it just aligns with everything that we we love about Aelin, that she is a princess and a warrior. She's a fucking queen, not even a princess. She's a queen and she's a warrior. Same thing with Feyre, where she, you know, she was a human and then she's Fae and now she's and she's High Lady. And before all that, she's fighting the Sidra. Um, oh, sorry. There's a ton of spoilers going on right now. So sorry, everybody. Same thing with Bryce. Like she is, a, we know her as a starborn princess, but she's also a fucking warrior. Like a lot of these, and and, and it's just something that we keep gravitating towards, obviously. Um, and you just hope that more people uh, see that in themselves as well. Yeah, because like this is this has been out for a
0: while. There's a lot of media out there. This is a really great retelling. We know that like. Greek gods are the big thing right now. Spice is the big thing right now. But fairy tales are going to come around again. And they always do. So this is something that you can always check out. Drew Barrymore is timeless. And especially now that she's like kind of back in the spotlight.
1: She's just at Brittany's wedding. Like, you know, everybody loves Drew. Drew posted on Instagram after Britney's wedding. What I learned from ever after is that we must rescue ourselves and yet still want the fairy tale. And that's exactly what Britney did. I could not be happier for this intrepid journey for her. And Laura, did you share the quote? Did you say it earlier? And I forgot.
0: I don't know, but I'll say it again. Yeah. Uh, So the quote is from a Looper article and we will, of course, um, link it, but uh, Drew says in this interview that rescuing yourself is the ultimate fairy tale, and we all want love at the end of the day. We want the prince, but if you can get yourself to the to the top of the mountain instead of him carrying you up there, then that kiss is all the sweeter. And we love that, because it's absolutely right. And Drew, um, when she was reading the script, she goes, I thought, rescue yourself? That's who I want to be. That's who I need to be in this life. And that is when she was in her 20s, and she was trying to, like— Kind of figure out what she wanted to do as an actress so we just we love that for her and of course we support drew
1: but it goes with like you said it's all timeless right i mean and that's one thing that's great about fairy tales is even if no matter where we set them you could have the retellings you could have the reimaginings but there are some common core themes and just seeing them um in these lights It's so great. I mean, even a Cinderella story retelling at the end, she wound up saying, you know what, like, fuck you, Austin. Like, I'm not waiting around for you. I'm still going to live my own life. And she did. And she still got, you know, she's like, quote unquote, like, got the guy in the end or whatever. But it's just like reclaiming, reclaiming yourself through all these situations
0: something that isn't timeless is that utopia wasn't published until 1516 and if we go by this movie then she was reading it in 1502
1: she got an arc are you telling me
0: she got, she an, got arc? an arc of utopia sir so thomas More was sending them out she got it years before she was decades before yes yeah so we, we love that we love that because we that we letter. are very on trend very before
1: trends i'm so happy for her she, she didn't have a following. She didn't have any socials. And she got the ARC. Good on her. See, ARCs are for everybody, people.
0: They are. ARCs are for everybody. Don't don't ever let anyone tell you any different. It does not matter.
1: So please feel free to follow us on Instagram. We have, we're at Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. Please feel free to leave a five-star review wherever your listening platform is. And we look forward to talking to you all soon.
0: Bye. Thank you. Bye.